This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher here with you. And today we get a double dip day. Uh, we got two great interviews for you here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. First, we're going to talk some Illini hoops and preview a big game uh, on both sides of the Mississippi River here as Illinois heads to Missouri. And uh, this is a game that uh, a lot in the national rankings depend on. If Missouri wins this game, they're going to be 5-0 and in the national rankings next week. And Conzo Martin's program seems kind of back on course after what's been a disappointing last couple years uh, after the Porter thing went okay for them. Uh, you know, Jonte Porter had a healthy freshman year and got them to the tournament, but Michael Porter did not uh, before he went to the lottery uh, due to injuries. But yeah, the last couple years they've missed out on the tournament. They've been under 500, but they are off to a really good start. And it is a very veteran laden team of very familiar names who have a lot of success so far against Illinois with back-to-back wins. Of course, Illinois is looking to probably get back into the top five of the rankings if they can pull off this win, be 6-1 and one in the non-conference with a very strong uh, schedule that they've played against maybe four NCAA tournament teams, if you include Ohio in that, and they've been very impressive so far this season and gave Illinois a scare. Um, so if you can get to that going into the league play, you feel really good about yourself. So we're going to get the lowdown on Missouri from Mitchell Forty, PowerMizzou.com. He and Gabe DeArmond do a great job uh, covering Missouri for the Rivals.com network. Uh, so Mitchell will break down what he's seen out of Mark Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, Javon Pickett, Xavier Pinson, all guys who really, really want to win against Illinois. Of course, three of those guys who signed with Illinois, one who played in Mark Smith and Xavier Pinson, He's a Chicago Simeon guy who did not have an offer from Illinois. Those guys have come out and punked Illinois a little bit the last couple of years, and you could tell they wanted it maybe a little bit more. Uh, That might change for Illinois this year. I think they know what they have to bring in this game, but I think it's going to be a very good matchup. And I think this could be because of Missouri's oldness as Brad Underwood likes to say uh, they're they're an old team I think this could be a, a tougher matchup possibly than even the one you had against Duke and of course this year we're not in St. Louis right this is going to be in Columbia for the first time in 42 years of this rivalry so Mitchell 40 coming up to talk about that and then the back end of this podcast my conversation with a guy who I just unbelievable success and uh, just been a, a great last couple years uh, for Tim Sinclair who is the public address announcer for Illini basketball for the last six years uh, for the men's team. He's been the Illini women's PA announcer for the past nine years, Chicago Fire for the past seven years. If you've been to Illini soccer games, softball games for the last decade, he's been there and he's been the voice. Well, now he is the voice of not only the Chicago Bears, but the Chicago Bulls. And got to tell you, growing up a huge Chicago Bulls fan, 
and I was so spoiled. Ray Clay is kind of like a huge childhood memory of mine, right? If you don't know Ray Clay, it's, and now the starting lineup of your world champion Chicago Bulls and serious playing over that Alan Parsons project. And from North Carolina, uh, it's Michael Jordan, right? Like it's just, that's what we were saying as kids is Ray Clay. Or for me going out to uh, play baseball with my brother, you know, Frank Thomas is my baseball idol. And I'd sit there going number 35, Frank Thomas, because of Gene Honda, an Illinois grad, right? Like it's amazing how that plays into the aura or, or kind of when you're a kid out there playing games, the PA announcer and his phrases and the way he says it is in your head. And Tim has a really good story about that with Illinois basketball that, that gave me goosebumps. So, um, be on the lookout for that uh, in that interview. But uh, two great interviews with this. Mitchell Forty coming up next to talk Mizzou versus Illinois and Tim Sinclair to talk about his rise to one of the most sought-after PA announcers in the United States. That's all coming up next on the Illini Enquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. All right, Illinois basketball coming off a big win, a top 10 win at Duke, but could be even tougher of a matchup on Saturday night, as it always is in the bragging rights game, because Missouri has come to play uh, the last couple years. And, and let's get the lowdown on 4-0 and Missouri uh, from Mitchell Forty, who covers the Mizzou Tigers for PowerMizzou.com, part of the Rivals.com crew. Mitchell, good morning. How are you, man? I'm doing great, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. Well, Missouri 4-0 and heading into the Bragging Rights game. That includes a nice win over Oregon. What's the vibe about how this team is playing right now? Um, I think really positive. Um, you know, we've, we've heard, you know, Conto Martin say over the past couple of years, man, if we can just get everyone healthy, I think this team could be special. But I think, you know, at a certain point, people needed to see it, and they're, they're kind of starting to see it. Um, you know, you mentioned the win over Oregon. It was a neutral site game. Oregon's a, you know, top 25 team, obviously, and Missouri was pretty much in control of that the whole way. Um, and really, the last two games uh, have been impressive too. They they won a true road game at Wichita State, and then last night uh, overcame an 11 point deficit to to come back and beat Liberty. And obviously, Wichita and Liberty aren't, you know, real like household names or anything like that, but. Um, those are the. It was the types. Both were the kind of the types of games where they made some of the mistakes that would have kind of sunk a Missouri team the past couple of years, and um, you know stayed the course and, and ended up winning both games uh, by about ten points. So um, I've been impressed, and I think uh, fans are pretty excited about this test on Saturday. What are the biggest improvements you've seen so far from a, a Mizzou team that would have made the tournament the last couple of years? I think the biggest thing is probably just the, the balance and the ability to, you know, 
know that someone's going to step up and not have kind of these long scoring droughts. Um, you know, we've seen at times in the past where Mizzou's going five, six, seven minutes without a, a field goal, and that'll, you know, that, that's hard to overcome when you're not a great shooting scoring team as it is. Um, they've they've really, you know, with everyone healthy, they've been really balanced this season. Um, they've they've gotten, you know, they've had kind of a different uh, person step up every night. You know, Mark Smith from the, as Illinois fans will know him, he uh, he's been really good. He's had a couple big games. Xavier Pinson had a big game against Oregon. Jeremiah Tillman was big in the second half last night. So they've just, you know, they've kind of taken turns uh, coming through when the team needs a spark or needs a bucket. And they've also been pushing the pace a little bit more this season. They're not still not going to, you know, no one's going to confuse them with North Carolina or anything like that. They're not running and gunning, but um, they're taking opportunities when they're there to push the pace and try to get points in transition, which helps uh, for a team that still isn't shooting the ball all that well. This is an old team, Mitchell. Uh, I thought Illinois took advantage of a very young Duke team uh, earlier in the week. But Mark Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, Drew Smith, all seniors, Xavier Pence and Javon Pickett, all juniors. Uh, how does that show up on the court for them? Yeah, it, it's it's apparent. Um, for one, they just don't get rattled. Um, you know, the Oregon came back and, and cut that game to within five in the second half. And I think they missed like 15 straight shots at one point, and they they just kind of you know they they didn't look rattled and just kind of didn't change anything about how they were playing and ended up uh, winning that game last night. Get down 11 early on, but didn't feel like they were really pressing to get back in and uh, you know just tightened up the defense a little bit and, and took better care of the ball and. And we're fine. So I, I think it just it shows in in kind of you know a confidence in, in knowing that you know that like I said someone's gonna gonna emerge and, and not pressing, not necessarily changing what they do if uh, if they're faced with a little bit of adversity. Mizzou coming off back to back wins uh, in this series, even though I think. Illinois the last couple of years probably been the better team um and, and I think it shows that it feels like this last couple of years Mitchell like this game has meant more to Missouri and with Mark Smith and Jeremiah Tillman Javon Pickett all former Illini signees Xavier Pinson a, a kid out of Chicago Simeon who Illinois didn't offer uh that seemed apparent like what's what's your read or what's your vibe on how, how much this game means to Mizzou yeah, I, I agree with you. It's really been three years in a row, probably the, the less talented team won this game, uh, going back all the way to 2017. But yeah, I think, I've, yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, that this game has always kind of meant a lot to the Mizzou guys with Illinois ties, of which there are several. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, how that bears out without the energy this year. Uh, obviously, part of what makes this game so fun is the split crowd and the neutral site. So, you know, while Missouri is playing on its home court, I, I, I wonder if that actually is less of an advantage, just not, you know, compared to the normal uh, setting where they can kind of feed off the booze and the, the tears from the Missouri fans. So uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm sure this game still means, you know, plenty to them, but I, I will be curious to see how the kind of lack of atmosphere impacts it. Yeah, I, th- I do feel like they have fed off those boos. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, um, so, absolutely. So a, little, a couple quick hitters uh, on some of these guys. You know, Mark Smith, his freshman year, wasn't what he wanted or Illinois wanted, but uh, he's taken on this big role at Mizzou. How's he kind of evolved his game uh, with the Tigers? He's absolutely been the most improved player, I think, for Mizzou. And a big part of that is just being healthy. He's, he's been hurt uh, each of the past two seasons, but – He's he's not just kind of a three point shooting threat, which he had been for a lot of his first two seasons here. Um, you know, he's been 
driving the ball. You know, he's not a primary ball handler by anything, by any means, but he's been getting the ball inside, getting to the free throw line more than in the past. Um, he's shooting, I think, I want to say like 52% from three or something like that on the season. So uh, that's been huge for a team that, uh, aside from him, has been quite bad from behind the arc. So um, that's that's helped a lot. He's been he's hit the dagger kind of the three that's put it out of question in each of the past couple of games. So if there was a uh, yeah a player of the season and a must improve player uh, just four games in from Missouri, he would he would get both. I remember when Jeremiah Tillman signed with Illinois, I kind of thought that, hey, he, he might be a frustrating player. Um, he can have some ups and yeah. downs, but he's so impactful uh, when he is on the court. Just uh, going into his senior year, and, and what have you seen so far from him? Yeah, you know, not much has changed. Uh, and I don't mean that as a knock on him. He's, he's definitely matured. You can tell um, just talking to him that, that he's grown up a lot in his past four years. But he's still just, you know, when he's good, he's really good, and he probably elevates Missouri more than any other player because there's just not a ton of teams that have a, a center who can be that, you know, impactful on both ends. Um, but when he's bad, he, he can go through some of the more maddening stretches you'll see. Um, you know, against Wichita State, he got into foul trouble and only played 18 minutes and really wasn't effective even when he was on the court in the second half, which has, you know, been an issue for him throughout his career where either he's he's in foul trouble or he's just non-aggressive. Um, so it's, it's just kind of finding that right balance. Credit to him though. He, he last in last night's game, he started out playing somewhat poorly and actually, uh, you know, kind of battled through it and, and ended up uh, probably being, you know, the, the, the spark um, for Missouri's kind of run in the second half that put the game away. I think it was within like a, a three minute span. He had uh, four points, four rebounds and an assist on a kick out three to Mark Smith. So He's, uh, you know, he's getting a little bit better, I think, at not letting, you know, some adversity take him out of the game, but he's still somewhat foul prone, um, and, and it's still a little bit of a guess as to what you're going to get on any given night from him. It feels like Javon Pickett saves his best for Illinois. Uh, he has been a huge X factor uh, in these last two bragging rights games, and a tough cover for Illinois that doesn't have a lot of, you know, four-type bodies. Um, just what, what's been his impact in his couple years in Mizzou? Yeah, I think he's able to kind of play a role that more suits, better suits him this season. Last year, he was asked to do probably a little more than than it would be ideal for his skill set. And, and this year, he's coming off the bench. He's you know an energy guy. He's a great defender, and he's just you know kind of making all the dirty plays. And and that really showed up against Oregon. Uh, he came off the bench and scored like 14 all in the second half, I think. Um, you know, putbacks, uh, running the floor getting steals, diving on the floor for loose balls, stuff like that. And, you know, when he's able to do that and, and you have other guys that are able to kind of do the, the heavy lifting from a scoring standpoint, I think that really suits this team well. So he's an important part of the team. He may not, you know, light up the scoreboard, although, like you said, he's been really good against Illinois, so I wouldn't count it out. But uh, he's, he's definitely, you know, just kind of a, a DNA piece for this team. Yeah, and to round out the, the top guys in this team, Drew Smith, Xavier Pinson, both averaging over 13 points a game. What do they bring to the court? Yeah, Xavier Pinson's been a little bit up and down. Um, you know, he, he was great against Oregon in the second half. I think he scored like 19 points in the second half or something like that. Um, and and you know, he, he looked like the player he looked at the end of last season where Missouri has pretty much just given him the ball and getting out of the way. And he's, and he, he brings something that no one else on this Missouri team has just with his speed and his athleticism and his ability to break down defenses. But he's been at times, I think, kind of pressing this season, trying maybe moving a little bit too fast. 
You know, I think he had six turnovers last night, so he's been turnover prone. Um, so which Xavier Pinson shows up will be important to Missouri's fate, I think. Drew Smith's just kind of the, the, the steady rock at point guard. He's rarely does anything flashy, but always seems to end up with about, you know, 12 points, four rebounds, three assists or something like that every given night. He's, he's a really good defender. Um, I would anticipate him being matched up against Io from Illinois. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you, it, it's, it's, you, you know what you're going to get from Drew Smith on any given night. You kind of don't from Xavier Pinson, but if he's good, then, then he definitely elevates Missouri to a different level. Doesn't look like Conzo goes very deep with his bench. Um, who, who are some key guys that could play a role there? Yeah, that's been a little bit of a change for Conzo, who in the past had been, uh, you know, playing 10, 11 guys. Uh, Mitchell Smith has been, he's a fifth year senior. He's been around forever. He's been uh, playing quite a bit at the, the four and five spots. And Kobe Brown's been starting at the four, but Mitchell Smith's actually probably been, I think, been playing more minutes per game than Kobe Brown. He, he'll, he'll play the five when Tillman's out, and then he'll, he'll play the four occasionally alongside Tillman. Not necessarily a, you know, prolific scorer, but a really good defender who can guard one through five, and he can knock down the corner three. Um, so it stretches the floor a little bit. Um, Drew Bugs is a grad transfer from Hawaii who I still don't think has scored this season, but he'll come in and play the point. And, and you know, the, the coaching staff raves about him. He's just kind of his control and the, his, his vision. Um, and then Parker Brown, um, you know, he'll come in and play a little bit um, in the uh, in the uh, at the four spot. But other than that, you know, I mentioned Javon Pickett, obviously, is kind of the sixth man, but they don't go more than about eight, sometimes nine deep. Well, Conzo Martin's in his fourth year at Missouri, and it's kind of amazing. That's the longest he's been in one spot as a head coach. Uh, Mitchell, how would you just kind of evaluate where the program's at with him? Yeah, you know, I think th- this is a really big season for him because, you know, obviously year one was it was very unique. You know, you go all in on the Porter brothers, and it kind of worked out. It got into the tournament. It got people excited, but, you know, it probably set back the development of the program a couple of years because you brought in, you know, two guys who basically played a combined one season. You brought in, you know, a couple of graduate transfers who left. Um, so I think people kind of were understanding when that 2018 season went off the rails when John Terry Porter got hurt. Last season, a little bit more frustrating, um, but, you know, they had the, the excuse of injuries. This year, I think, was a really important year just to, to kind of prove that, like, what he's been saying, you know, these, these past few years that, you know, if, if these guys can stay healthy, that he thinks he has a special team and that, you know, that, that, that he's able to kind of build a, a, a program from the ground up versus just, you know, going in on the, on the you know, one-year talent like he did at the first year, which isn't probably very sustainable at Missouri, that he could do that. And so far, so good. Um, you know, I, I, I think this needs to be a tournament team because, you know, obviously who knows what's going to happen from an eligibility standpoint. I mean, like the the seniors can come back, so maybe some will, but most likely I think, you know, the main contributors on this team are all going to leave. Drew Smith, Mark Smith, Jeremiah Tillman, Xavier Pinson, all probably likely to to move on. So, uh, you know, it would be good if they could, you know, get experience some success this season if it's uh, a little bit of a regression next year. I haven't seen any early lines from odds makers, but uh, the Ken Palm numbers have Mizzou as the favorite uh, in this one, probably because they're at home. But uh, I, I do think they've played well this season, obviously. Uh, Illinois has coming off a big win against Duke, but uh, I expect this to be a, a very competitive game, Mitchell. What do you expect on Saturday, and, and what are the keys for Mizzou pulling off what I think outside would be a big upset? 
Yeah, I, th- I, I think it'll be a really close game as well. I mean, it usually is in this game, and, and I do think um, I mean, Missouri's going to get up for this one, certainly. Um, and, and I assume Illinois will as well. Uh, Illinois obviously looks great. It looked great against Duke. Um, I, think, I think the biggest keys for Missouri is, is taking care of the ball. Um, they've, they've had a couple games where they've been really good in that regard and a couple where they've been really bad. Um, you know, you, you certainly don't want to, you know, give away possessions against Illinois. Um, shooting the three will be important, which is, like I said, not been a strength this season. Um, but, you know, as we saw in that Illinois-Duke game, you know, if you're going to shoot whatever it was, Duke shot from three, like one of 20 or whatever, you that it's going to make for a long night. And then, um, you know, I think Jeremiah Tillman's got to stay in the game and, and, you know, at least, you know, match what, what Kofi Coburn's doing down low. If, if, he, if Jeremiah Tillman gets in foul trouble, I think, I'm not sure Missouri has a guy who can bang with Coburn down there. So, uh, you know, there will be there's a lot of interesting matchups in this game, I think, and it should be a really good one. But uh, if I had to pick three keys, that that would probably be it. Mitchell Forty PowerMizzou.com. They cover Missouri as well as anybody. Go check them out there. Mitchell, I uh, can't thank you enough for the time. Enjoy the game on Saturday, man. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Great stuff from Mitchell Forty. When we come back, let's talk to Tim Sinclair about filling a pretty iconic seat in the sports world. That's next on the Illini Inquirer podcast. I could not do this. I could <laughs> not do this. Uh, Alan Parsons Project. Uh, this is my childhood, and I, I believe it was part of Tim Sinclair's childhood as well. And you know, there, there are parts of my childhood that uh, will always come back to me, and the name Ray Clay will, will always be in my mind because he was the public address announcer for one of the coolest introductions in sports history, in my opinion. And now Tim Sinclair, our guy, uh, who what, a, what an unbelievable rise in this PA profession he has. Tim is now the Chicago Bears PA and now officially the Chicago Bulls PA. Um, this is big, Tim. Congratulations. Hey, thanks. I um, I feel like I need to jump into character when I hear when I hear that music now, but uh, I'll uh, I'll wait for game day. It's man, it's a, a dream come true, and I've said it before, but um, you you don't know how big to dream sometimes. And man, when it happens, you kind of got to pitch yourself a little bit to to believe it's real. So is, is like Ray Clay was is this one of the icons of the PA profession? I I don't know. Um, like is is he on the wall of fame in the profession? I would think in terms of best known for sure. Um, it was the most um, probably publicized introduction sequence because Michael Jordan was there, and uh, they decided in Chicago to do it a little differently when they brought that music in, and it all kind of came together to be this, you know, worldwide phenomenon that nobody ever expected. You know, Alan Parsons Project renamed the track whenever you buy it as the Chicago Bulls theme song in addition to the to the name Sirius because, it, you know, that's what it's known as. And so, um, yeah, Ray's somebody that, that I've known growing up before I ever even knew I wanted to, to do public address and certainly knew his name and his voice and uh, to be even sort of mentioned in the same sentence with some of these greats who've come through uh, the PA profession is pretty cool. So Tim, do you, do you keep that? I'm sure uh, Bulls fans would want to know. And uh, do you keep that or what, what kind of spin do you try to put on it? 
Yeah, the, the introduction sequence is going to feel very familiar. Um, you know, things perhaps with the names of the players uh, as they run out, maybe a different order of their height and where they're from and, and how we refer to them. So, but but those will be minor. I mean, you'll, you're still going to get the end now. I mean, that whole thing is going to be a thing. Um, the music will stay the same, and uh, I'm just going to try to give – my little spin on it. I don't want to mimic anyone else, but certainly want to pay homage to what that's become over the years. Well, Tim, uh, I, I know you enjoyed the last couple years with the Indiana Pacers and, and what a big breakthrough that was for you uh, in your career that, that helps lead you to the NBA bubble, that uh, the, helps lead you to the NBA All-Star game in Chicago, that helps lead you to the Bears. Um, what did that job mean to you the last couple of years? Oh, well, you know, they gave me a shot, right? You know, I, I've done Illinois basketball and I was always, you know, already doing a professional sport in Chicago with, with the fire. But um, the Pacers gave me a shot to, to do the NBA. And, and not only did they just sort of let me jump in and, and run with it and, and do my own thing, despite the fact that there's a, a long history of a couple of, you know, legends in India as well at that job, uh, but then uh, allowed me to sort of showcase my skills in other arenas, uh, namely in Mumbai, India, which is where I, I met the guys who are sort of running things at the NBA. And that, you know, single-handedly has opened so many doors. Um, you mentioned them, you know, the bubbles, uh, the NBA All-Star game, uh, and and I know things in the future that once <laughs> they can do events again, I'll, I'll have more opportunities. So, um the, the team there in Indy is first class all the way. I will miss them greatly. Uh, they they treated me with nothing but uh, respect and, and freedom to do what I do. And uh, I, I will always be good friends, albeit rivals now. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, so how did this come to be with the Bulls, Tim? Um, because I, I know you just landed the Bears uh, heading into this year. And, and how did it come to be that you get... Uh, two of the most iconic franchises in the Midwest. Well, it's probably a, a longer story than I have time to tell all of, <laughs> but the nutshell is um, both jobs came open at about the same time, which was, you know, kind of, <laughs> I say kind of weird. It's statistically impossible given the fact that, um, you know, Jim Reband was with the Bears for 37 years and between Tommy and Ray, they held down Bulls duties since 1976. And so the fact that both of those would come open at the exact same time and I would be in a position to take them was, was just kind of wild. And um, the Bears was first and I, I submitted my application and then um, I had somebody within the Bulls and White Sox organization come to me and say, hey, the Bulls job's opening up, do you want it? Or at least want to be considered for it. And I said, uh, no, actually, quite honestly. Um, and it wasn't any disrespect to the Bulls. I just didn't feel the need to leave the Pacers. It would have been a dream job, but I, to me in my head, I didn't feel like I could just up and leave the team that had given me so much over the last couple of years. Um, but not too long after that, I, I wrote back to the guy and I said, you know what? I said, I would be interested if I get the Bears job because that would put all of my work essentially in the same city other than, you know, doing Illinois sports and to do it in Chicago, a city where I've lived in the state where I've lived for most of my life. Um, the greatest sports city in the world. Uh, if I could have three teams in that, in that city, I'd, I'd do it. And so we kind of sat on that for a while. Um, and when the bears news finally came through in the summer, um, I was actually in the bubble 
and uh, reconnected with the Bulls, and they sent me the serious track and said, hey, would you do the lineups just so we can have, you know, an audition of you doing it? So I am I'm in my Disney hotel room, um, my head in the closet, stuffed with towels and clothes and stuff to try to muffle some of the sound, doing, and now! And I'm sure... My, whoever shared a wall with me was like, what in the world is going on? Make it stop. Uh, but that's where I did my audition. And um, obviously now, it, now it's official and it was all worth it. When you try to think of like your audition, Tim, like do you try to do something? Because I mean the bowl is iconic and you mentioned that. You got to do the end now and all that. Do you try to put some like very unique thing or do you just try to do it by the book? Like, you know, for somebody that's not in PA, like what do you try and do? <laughs> well, that's that's the million dollar question, right? I would not million. I wish it was a million dollar question. It, it's a that's the question. Um, you know, do you try to mimic or recreate what's already been done? Do you try to put your spin on? I've always felt like in every job I've had, I I don't want a gimmick. I don't want to be. Oh, you're the guy who does that ridiculous whatever. I don't, I don't want that. I just want to be good at my job, and I, I, I want people to think that it's part of the atmosphere, but not get distracted by it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, in, in this case, I was like, well, I, I need to be me. I'm not going to do anything that's uncomfortable, but I also need to pay homage to what Tommy and Ray have been doing for for decades. And so, I just I went for it in the way that I remembered hearing it and, but also in a way I was comfortable doing it. And then, you know, with Lowry Markkinen, for example, I was like um, the seven foot finish forward, number mm-hmm. 24, Lowry Markkinen, like just little things, alliteration, creative ways of getting from one thing to the next um, to try to make it uniquely me. And, uh, but also, be what people are expecting. And that's a, a tough line to walk and not everybody's going to love it, which of course I hate. I want everybody to love everything. Um, but um, you, you do your best and hope people come along for the ride. I'm glad I'm talking to another alliteration fan. I use it as often as I can, Tim. <laughs> it comes in handy. And you know what? If, if you're looking for something that's memorable, alliteration is proven to help. Yeah. Uh, I won't put words in your mouth. I don't know if you're referring it to it, but I'm guessing we're not going to hear like Detroit basketball every time uh, somebody <laughs> yeah, gets the I ball. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't picking on anybody specifically, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I think there are things that are fun that, that fans enjoy doing, but a lot of those things can be extremely polarizing too. Yeah. And so, I, I'm not in it at all to have people go, oh, he's that guy, you know, or the, the Dos Minutos or whatever, you know, like nothing against uh, Biamonte. He and I know each other, and so it's his thing. But I, I don't necessarily want a thing. Yeah. I just want to be good and part of the atmosphere. And um, so far, it's proven to work uh, really well. And I think we can make game days exciting, especially once fans get back uh, and do it in a way that that fits the atmosphere, fits the environment, and uh, people go home really loving the experience they had. And eventually, you know, certain voices and certain ways of phrasing things just become a part of the lexicon and you don't mean for them to. And so I, I hope that I have many, many decades to, uh, to do that. And, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. You maybe just answered the question with your approach to it, Tim, but why do you think all of a sudden, like you've been a very attractive voice, um, in this industry? 
you know, I, there are days that I wonder that a lot. Um, I've been sitting watching my phone today as the news has broken from all these people I don't know saying, you know, really wonderful things. And, um, and I've asked that question, like, why? I don't, part of me doesn't know. Um, I love what I do. Um, I think I have a voice that I know I have a voice that carries, yeah. you know, so there, there are some things that you're just born with, but I also think there's, you know, everybody has a, a floor and a ceiling for, for what it is they do. And for me, my floor is higher than some just because of the voice I've been given, but also I've worked really hard to create a high ceiling with um, hopefully being quick on my feet, knowing what to say and when to say it, how to say it, and in the way that reflects what a crowd is or should be feeling in the moment. And um, I think those things are sometimes overlooked by guys or girls who, who want to have a gimmick or they want to have um, – something that sets them apart from everybody else and and sometimes that works but more often than not it's annoying and so um you know my goal has always been to just do the job and try to fit you know read the room i, I say that a lot like read the people who are screaming about a three-pointer in the first quarter like it's not that big a deal yet in the fourth <laughs> quarter. Yeah. Get excited. But, and, but, but there's, you just got to read the room. And so I think maybe some of those things have, have put me in the right spot, but um, I'm not going to negate that, um, you know, being born at least with a, a certain resonance in your voice, you know, mm -hmm. doesn't hurt either. I, I was just going to ask, do you have like a moment, Tim, where you're thinking on your feet? Cause I, I believe wasn't it a couple of years ago we had a fire alarm going off in State Farm Center and we're like all looking at each other like, do we need to get up and leave? And we're, you're the guy we, we turn to. Um, and I, I remember, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember you said something that kind of broke the tension. Yeah, well, that story, um, first of all, uh, you know, in public address, it's 50 percent saying the right things at the right time in the right way. And the other 50% is finding a short break so you can go pee. Um, and, and so I was in the second 50% of that. It was halftime of a game at State Farm Center. And I had my three minutes to run back to that bathroom and then come back. And I was washing my hands as the alarm goes off. And, and I went, oh, no. <laughs> I'm needed. Um, right, right. I, if if anybody's going to tell everybody what to do in this situation, it's me, and I'm not anywhere near the microphone. That's so much so, power, Tim. That's so much power, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a little bit. So I I jog sprint from the bathroom back to the the scorers table, and and Zach Acton, who's running the event, is on the phone trying to figure out, you know, is this a real emergency? Is it not? And he's, he talks for about 30 more seconds after I get back and he hangs up and he looks at me and goes, just tell them we're good. <laughs> and I look at Zach. I'm like, you seriously want me to say we're good? <laughs> and he, he goes, well, something like that. Tell everybody it's fine. And so I, I turned the mic on. I said, ladies and gentlemen, thankfully the fire alarm was not an emergency. Stay in your seats or something to that effect. And uh, yeah, I've, I've heard about that a whole lot since. <laughs> it's a big moment. It was a big moment. I, I just remember you, you crushed it, Tim. So uh, well done. Um, so, Sometimes you got to step to the plate. That's right. That's right. And you weren't afraid of it. Um, so Tim, take me back five years ago. Illinois soccer games, right? Like, I, and not, not to, yeah, softball. And, <laughs> and those are great opportunities, obviously, for, for up and comers. But 
five years later, you got the Bears and, and the and the Bulls. It's it's been an amazing rise for you, Tim. And I I know you're humble and all that, but it's as you look back, I mean, this is this has been amazing, uh, and it's a kudos to you, obviously. Well, uh, first of all, thank you. Um, yeah, twenty seven months ago, just over two years ago, I I remember saying to a number of people, um, I want to just do one of the big four sports and not a season like a game. I just wanted to do one baseball game, one football game, one basketball game, one hockey, what just one. Um, I was like, that was my bucket list. And um, then got an opportunity with the Pacers and all of a sudden I was doing a whole season. And then, you know, um, we've talked about the rest. And so um, I, I never, sort of forget <laughs> sitting uh, in the freezing press box at uh, Eichelberger Field doing a softball game for, you know, 27 fans where I could probably just as quickly go up to each and every one of them and tell them what's going on. <laughs> um, I, I remember doing uh, a, an Illinois soccer game, uh, and then I went – the next night I was doing the Major League Soccer All-Star game to a sold-out Soldier Field. And then the next day was back at something else that was very small and mm -hmm. just starting to remember, um, you know, it's sort of a, a very distinct, quick way to see <laughs> where you've come yeah. <laughs> in, in a course of 24 hours. And um, so those, I, I just tell, tell people, man, be, be available to do the little stuff because one, to plenty of people, it's not little. It's important, and, and they appreciate it. But it also gives you opportunities to, to, to hone your craft. Um, and and the more you work, the better you get. And, and this isn't just for public address. This is for anything. You know, if you can be available um, and be counted on, all of a sudden, um, other people are going to want to count on you too. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, I've been put in the right place at the right time in many, many ways but also have been available to do it, and uh, it, it's worked out really well. Boy, that just struck home with me, uh, and that's something I always tell college students, whether it's media or whatever, is say yes uh, and don't pass on jobs you think you're better than um, because you're not, <laughs> and uh, they're great growth opportunities, and, and you never know what it could lead to. Uh, just like you know, you're talking about your India trip. Um, you said yes, and, and look where that's led to. you. It's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, so, Tim, uh, you're still doing Illinois basketball while you're doing bears yep. and bulls. Um, so how's that all work out? I mean, your schedule is always crazy anyway. Uh, what's the schedule look like and how do you kind of balance and juggle all this? Well, the calendar and my phone gets to work out. Um, so I try to color code everything. And as soon as the season is announced, I put everything down and, um, and hope there are very few conflicts. I believe there are two Illini men's basketball conflicts that I've seen uh, with, with the bull schedule, which really isn't too bad. Um, and there's maybe one or two women's basketball conflicts. Uh, everything else seems to have worked out. Um, there, are, there are two days, and this is when having all your teams in the same city helps. There are two days when I have a uh, Bears game at noon and a Bulls game at seven. Wow. So of the same day. <laughs> so I drive across town and, and do the next one. Um, so that that's really nice because you can't make it from Chicago to Indy with the time change in between a, a football and a basketball game with enough time. So, um, yeah, you, you just you schedule creatively and um, and work hard and, uh, you know, hope for the best. I, I've really had a lot of flexibility with my employers who have said, you know, they understand the hierarchy. 
you know, the Bears get the top billing. The Bulls understand that. So if there's ever an overlap, I'll have a fill-in with the Bulls. The Bulls are second. Uh, and then, you know, the Illini and the Fire. Um, mm-hmm. Generally, there aren't conflicts. But if there have to be, um, there will never be between the Fire and the, and the Bears because they play in the same uh, stadium. So that, that helps. Um, and so you just you can get them all down and then uh, you tell everybody about conflicts and do the ones you can well, Tim, I wanted to ask you, uh, you've been doing PA now. We did a couple games uh, at State Farm Center to, to empty crowds. You've done it with the Bears as well. What's the experience been like for you? Yeah, you know, I thought I was ready for um, – because I had done the bubble. Yeah. And so I did 60 games for the NBA bubble and the WNBA bubble. Um, but <laughs> quite honestly, I, I, I wasn't as ready as I thought because those games were basically TV shows. You know, the NBA had it set up that – with all the screens and everything, you didn't know you were in an empty arena. Um, you, you couldn't even tell. You couldn't even see seats because there weren't many for one, and they were all covered up with video screens. And in the WNBA, you were in a TV soundstage. <laughs> that's, that's what it was, so there were no seats. Um, so coming to Soldier Field or to State Farm Center and actually seeing all of these empty seats um, is a little weird. Um, thankfully, once a game gets going, you get kind of wrapped up in it. Um, but you don't feed off the crowd like you used to, and they certainly don't feed off you. So I just have to think of it. One, we're trying to keep this as normal as possible for the players and coaches. So it feels like a game normally would as much as possible. And then the rest kind of is a TV show, uh, or, or radio, uh, you know, some sort of production because you, you want people who are watching and listening to kind of hear those things in the background as they, as they watch or listen to the game. And so that's really been my goal. Um, all the fan initiated stuff we can't do in the games during TV timeouts. We don't do obviously, uh, but the rest, um, you know, you kind of try to draw from what, you know, from when there were fans there and uh, give it your best shot. Tim growing up, who is, who is the most, influential or memorable PA person to you? For me, it was Gene Honda. Um, and, and it's not just because he's an Illinois grad. I didn't even know that until I think I graduated from Illinois. But um, I, I'd go outside, I'd, I'd get my tea out, and I'd go, number 35, Frank Thomas. Like, it was just it, what I did. Um, and it's amazing how you become a part of people's lexicon, right? You become a part of people's lives. Yeah, you know, for me, it was probably Ray. That was the first one I remember noticing. Um, I had some, some broadcasters that I paid attention to like Ernie Harwell for Tigers games in Detroit when I was growing up. Um, but I would say Ray was probably the first one that I, I remember noticing and I knew his name and I paid attention to what he did. Um, and, and to think that there might be people and probably already are some who my voice is what they've grown up hearing and, or what they're used to hearing now at an event is, uh, it's pretty humbling and pretty cool. I, I don't know if I've told you the story before, but a few years ago, I was leaving a movie theater in Champaign, and um, this kid was probably eight behind me. And I've been doing Illinois basketball for probably four years at that point. Yeah. Um, and he was throwing something away in the garbage can as we were all leaving, and he was with his family. And he threw this wrapper and made it in a garbage can, and he says, three points, Illinois! <laughs> And that was sort of what I, you know, started when I joined the team and I could not have been happier. I didn't say anything. I didn't turn around, but man, did I tear up as I was leaving that theater. Cause I'm like, man, that was, that was me listening to, you know, Jim Shepard at the time. And uh, so it is pretty cool thinking that uh, there are some people out there who are doing the same thing now with my voice. No, I just got goosebumps 
<laughs> right there. I mean, because every kid does that, right? If you're if you're counting yep. down three, two, one, right, and you, and you play the announcer in your head, that's that's unbelievable, man. And uh, now a lot of Bears and and Bulls fans growing up will will know Tim Sinclair is is the voice of there. So, Tim, congratulations, man. Uh, I, I know this is a, a huge, huge year for you, and uh, and uh, congrats on all the success, man. And um, we'll see you soon at, at some of these games, and hopefully you'll be announcing in, in front of crowds here very soon so we can do that safely uh, within the next year or so. So um, thank you, Tim, as always. Absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy. And, man, I, I love my job, but I like it better when there are people in the stands. So uh, I'm right there with you. Let's uh, let's do that soon. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. Hey, you got it. I love people that uh, work hard and achieve their dreams, and uh, Tim Sinclair certainly is one of them, and he had some really good advice there. Uh, don't pass up opportunities um, and uh, work hard and obviously work at your craft, but don't pass up on those opportunities because they can they can lead to others. Um, believe me, I, I know in this business uh, especially, but you, you can take that in any business, not just the media. But uh, what a rise uh, for Tim Sinclair and gotten to know him a little bit the last couple of years, but it, it's been cool. Uh, been cool to watch this. And uh, Illinois has got good ones. I mean, you got Gene Honda and you got Tim Sinclair who do White Sox Bowls, Bears, Blackhawks, right? They, and the fire. What's that, five of the top six in this city, uh, in Chicagoland? So pretty awesome. Um, it's kind of reminds me of like my White Sox right now with broadcast rankings. I think they're number one after stealing Lynn Casper away to the radio. Sorry, Cubs fans. Not really. But, uh, yeah, I think we're number one with Jason Bidet, Steve Stone, Lynn Casper, and you know, Darren Jackson's fine. But uh, with that, that group, I think it's uh, number one. I think Illinois might have number one PA. I don't know if you're you're going around bragging about that to your friends, but uh, I do. I, I think they got number one PA when you have Tim Sinclair there and Gene Honda. It's as good as it gets. All right, hope you enjoyed this podcast with the perspective on Missouri and a great story on Tim Sinclair as well. If you don't already know, I put this out in the last pod before with Trent Meacham, but 60% off VIP subscriptions right now for Line Inquirer. So great opportunity. You got a top 10 basketball team. You got early signing period up next week. You got a really interesting, obviously, offseason for Illinois football. And uh, we cover the heck out of all of it. Um, so great chance to save more than $60 off the next year of coverage at Illini Inquirer. And, and I promise you, uh, we will work as hard as possible to make that worth it for you. And if, if you talk to some of our VIP members, I think they'll tell you that as well. So there's my pitch. Uh, you can try it out now. 60% off. That goes through Wednesday. So you got this weekend uh, to take advantage of that and early into next week. As always, thanks for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Get us wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Google Play, wherever you can get our podcasts. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. We appreciate when you do that. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.